allow me to take full benefit from here. You don't know where it's how where to go, where even to where to even start. How should I spend my time properly? How should I utilize my schedule in a way that I take full benefit from a place like that? So similarly, when we come here for atikaf for one day or more or less, this should be our dua we should all be making. That it should be that I end up sleeping, instead of sleeping at home, I'm sleeping in the masjid. Instead of eating at home, I'm eating in, eating in the masjid. Well, that's fine, that's rewarding also. But we, there's much more to be cashed out here than that. There's so much more to, so much to be taken. Subhanallah. It's just barakah of the last nights, barakah of the, uh, of the fasting, barakah of the qiyam, barakah of so many um, brothers who are, alhamdulillah, here with talab and desire to get closer to Allah. The stories of each person are just amazing. Some people have come and shared some things. And it's just the journeys that they all go through and that eventually concluded them being here to, to this, these 10 days. Is, is, is itself a miracle, right? It's a self a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power and qudra. So when you have so many people gather like that and then you're, you're one of a hundred, mashallah, you know, the blessings are multiplied. So we should constantly also be requesting Allah that allow us to take the benefit from the fuyud and the, and the blessings of Allah as they're descending. Like they say, ulama say, when you go for Makkah al-Mukarramah, you make niyyah that, Ya Allah, your nur and your rahmah that is descending on the Kaaba, allow it to splash on my heart. And when you are in Madinah al-Munawwara, you say, Ya Allah, your anwarat and your rahmah that is descending upon the blessed heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, allow that to splash on my heart. Right? That's the focus when, when, you're in those two, when you're in those places. And so this masjid is taking from, any masjid for that matter, is taking from the anwarat of, the tajalliyat of Allah that are falling upon the Kaaba. We're getting a, a portion of that over here, the rays of it over here. So that's what we should be looking, looking out for. And it doesn't take 10 days for Allah to change a person's heart. You know, it could be 10 minutes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to look at a person and says, okay, you know what, I'm going to look at you with, my, with a glance of mercy and you shall be changed forever. That's all it takes, right? Uh, it's one person who say, Ya Allah, teri ek nazar ki ka sual hai, teri ek nazar, teri ek nazar hai, aur humare, what do you say? Teri ek nazar ki baat hai, humare zindagi ka sual hai. Right? It's just like literally one glance of yours is all, I'm, is, is, is what it takes. And for me, my entire life depends on that. If I could just get one glance of mercy from you, done. And I don't need anything else. So that's the talab we should all have. That Allah Azza wa Jal truly gives us one simple glance of, of, of mercy and our one 45 minutes, one hour that we spend in the house of Allah with ikhlas, it, you know, 25, 30, 40 years of running around without the mercy of Allah, it doesn't get you, doesn't get you that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly allow us all to fully benefit from these nights and days that we're spending here in the masjid and whatever, uh, whatever amount we're giving or those who are listening online, whatever, mashallah, with ikhlas, they are sitting in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're sitting at home listening. May Allah give us all the ability to take full benefit. Additionally, we have the, the odd night coming up now right after, right after the Adhan of Maghrib, right? So the 25th night. So we need to take full benefit of this as well. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. We're reading from Kitab al-Zuhud of Abdullah ibn Mubarak, rahimahumullah. An amazing book, collection of uh, hundreds of different statements of the Salaf on uh, various topics. And, um, and this is translated by Aisha Bailey. And this is the book that I'm using, uh, published by White Thread Press. Um, so the, on Thursday, I, we, I had covered the earth boasting over certain people. 
and um, so we'll read inshallah a few uh, few hadiths a few statement a few statements on uh, some of the different chapters that are in front of us here one is truthful truthful companions subhanallah <laughs> Love for Allah, لله, hate for Allah, لله, and be enemies for Allah, لله, and be friends for Allah. Because the friendship of Allah is only obtained this way. This is the statement of Abdullah ibn Abbas, by the way. This is the statement of Abdullah ibn Abbas. Love for Allah, hate for Allah, be enemies for Allah, and friends for Allah. Because the friendship of Allah is only obtained that way. وَلَا يَجِدُ رَجُلٌ طَعْمَ الْإِيمَانِ وَإِنْ كَثُرَتْ صَلَاتُهُ وَصِيَامُهُ حَتَّى يَكُونَ كَذَلِكَ A man will not experience the sweetness of faith even if he prays and fasts a lot until he does so. What we just talked about. وَقَدْ صَارَتْ مُؤَخَاتُ النَّاسِ الْيَوْمَ فِي أَمْرِ الدُّنْيَا The friendship of people today is only in worldly matters. We're not talking about 2023. <laughs> this is Abdullah ibn Abbas after the demise of the Prophet is saying this. وَذَٰلِكَ مَا لَا يُجْزِئُ عَنْ أَهْلِ شَيْئًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ The friendship of people today is only in worldly matters and that will not help people in the slightest on the day of rising. So where are we at today? Right? 1500 years almost later, we're, we're in a much worse predicament where uh, people will find any and all reasons to like one another or hate one another except for the deen. Except for the deen. That's like, you can't even talk about that. They'll love someone for the sake of Allah or dislike someone for the sake of Allah. They're like, what? The deen is only about, you know, rainbow colors. Just love for everyone. That's what deen is today. There's no, don't, don't judge me, don't judge you, don't judge this one, don't do this, do that, do that. It's all about love. There's enough space for everyone. Ajaw, come sit in. You know? <laughs> and uh, you remember those I can read books? When we were little kids? I'm forgetting, my brother would definitely remember. But so uh, there was one of those, I can read books, I'm forgetting the name of it, where there was, uh, there was this little, I forgot, man, what the, the, the narrator was. But he had a little boat. And um, anyone from the 80s and 90s, you remember the story, let me, tell me the name. And so it would, it was, they were sailing on the boat, and then, uh, you know, animals... They're like, oh, from the, from, the, from the lake started saying, oh, there's some space in the boat. Let me come in. Let me come in. <laughs> and eventually, the, the animal who's had this little boat, whether it was a raccoon or whatever the case was, pretty much had to be, was pushed out because there was no space left. Everything was there. Like, no, there's more space. Come on. And each one would call his friend. And each one would call his friend. And eventually, the, the boat broke also. And he had, the owner of the boat, that little critter, whatever it was, had to leave. All right? This is kind of like what the dean has happened now. Right? The deen is subhanAllah is just like, come on through, come on through. No, but you want to swim on your own, it's fine. But this is my boat. Come on, let me just sit on my boat. No, we're going to sit in your boat. So it's, Islam has got to accommodate everyone. Not like you want to stay outside, do whatever you want. No one's going to say anything to you. Mind your own business, don't ask, don't tell. However, no, we need to come and sit in your boat called Islam. And we are going to bring in so many people here that anyone who wants to actually follow the sunnah, he's going to be an outcast. He's going to be thrown overboard. And the boat splits because it's, it no longer has any form in it. Because you've added so many different things into the version of Islam. Then what's left? You know this uh, orange juice? I was having some orange juice recently at someone's house. Uh, when, I was, when I was traveling. I said, look what it says. Is this orange juice? He brought for Suhoor orange juice. I said, is this orange juice? I, said, I guess so. I said, it's not orange juice. Look what it says there. It says, it says this is orange juice beverage. You know the difference? 
It looks like orange juice. It might even taste like orange juice. It's definitely got a plastic bottle like orange juice, but it's not orange juice. It's called orange juice beverage. Why is it called beverage? Because there's a certain amount of concentration of, of oranges you have to have in order to be recognized as orange juice by the FDA. When you have less than that, then you are not legally allowed to call it juice and orange juice and sell it as that. You have to change the name to beverage. That's what Islam has become now. It has been watered down so much. Watered down so much that the reality of Islam, it looks like it, it talks like it, it smells like it, it feels like it, but it's not it. It's all deception. And the reason is because we're constantly making accommodations within the religion. For people to say, whatever, whatever you want, you want to make it halal. Brother, no matter how many sins, if a person says, I'm sinful, mashallah, tonight is the night to repent. There's no such thing as there's no space for our sinners in Islam. There is space only for sinners. Because we're all sinners. All of us are. But the idea to say, no, I'm going to sin, and I'm going to force you to give a fatwa to say, I'm not sinful. And if you don't give a fatwa to make permissibility, then you are a bigot. Right? You are the narrow-minded individual. That how dare you don't allow, uh, allow me to do whatever I want. And that's where the shocking part is. Brother, this is not my... This is a, at least in that story... It was a, a, the, the boat owned, uh, the, the critter owned that boat. Here, I don't own Islam, neither do you. This is Allah's deen. How do I have an ability to come and just make amends and change things for you? This is not, you know, Catholicism. This is not anything else. This is Islam. You can't really, even, there's no such thing as a Pope figure can come and make changes. So the aspect of loving for, this, loving for the sake of Allah, disliking for the sake of Allah is gone. Al-Mu'alat. Fillah. Lillah. Right? To, to love one another for the sake of Allah and then also to dislike someone that you're my relative but you're breaking the orders of the deen I'm sorry, you know what, I can't continue I cannot continue to come and sit and enjoy your company how can I? this ghayrah has to come my beloved brothers this is so deep this is right after the demise of the Prophet ﷺ he's saying, he said, you can pray because look at a masjid how many people we just had right now huh? mashallah for asr how many people had for fajr you'll see tomorrow we'll have four or five hundred people for fajr this place will have more but why is there no deen? This is not, we're coming for Fajr, we're coming for Taraweeh, we're coming, mashallah, endless. Every masjid's got 1,500 people, 2,000, Khatmul Quran night, all of them have two, 3,000, all the big masjids. But why are we, why we say deen nazar niyara? Why can't we say deen? Because there's much more to deen than just showing up in last 10 days to the masjid. It really is. We've got to be honest with ourselves. It hurts, but that's the reality. There's much more to deen than fasting. Everyone's fasting. And then, but where's, where's the amal? Where's the actions? Right? Where is that? It's because the, the heart is sick. You have to love Allah so much that you say that I will love you. I don't care your color. I don't care your socioeconomic status. I don't care what, where you're from. You're a believer in Allah and I love you and I'll give my life for you. And there's another person who you're very close with. Business partner, friend, same background. Maybe even your sibling. But dismisses Allah. Billah, dismisses the Prophet wasallam. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, it's not going to work. It's just لا تجد قوم يؤمنون بالله يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو إخوانهم أو عشيرتهم. Allah says the last final ayah of surah. مجادلة لا تجد قوم. You cannot find a group of believing men or women يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر who believe in Allah and who believe in the day of judgment. يوادون من حاد الله that they can love those who chose to go at war against Allah. You cannot find a believing men or women 
believe in Allah, believe in the Day of Judgment, that they would still have this attribute. What is this attribute? That you love people who decide to go at war with against Allah Azza wa Jalla. Even if it means it's their fathers. Oh, abna'um or their sons. Oh, ikhwanahum, their brothers. Oh, ashiratum or their close family. They are the people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained stamped iman in their heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is assisting them with His special assistance. Ruh. Allah is assisting with Jibreel alayhi salam. Allah is assisting with strength and power. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to enter into paradise. Up below which rivers will flow, they shall re- remain there for in, reside there for uh, forever. Allah is pleased with them, and they'll be pleased with Allah. They are the army of Allah. They are the party of Allah. They are the party of Allah. They are the ultimate successful people. What was it over here? Didn't talk about prayer and fasting here. Did not talk about almsgiving either. Did not talk about dress or anything. What did it talk about? Condition of the heart. You must love those who love Allah and you can't feel comfortable with people who are even super close to you based on blood relations but choose to go against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are we at that level? Are we at that level? We're not. It's challah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Brother, it's okay. Whatever you have, whatever you have. You can like a person but you cannot like his actions. You have to put your foot down on that. To say, no, I cannot give a... I cannot turn a blind eye to that. And today... We talked about last night was on masculinity. Great, great discussion. It's a talk of the town. I heard, mashallah. Great stuff, right? But what was the idea? Is that today's father, subhanAllah, he can't tell his son. He can't. And then we talked one of the points. He cannot bring his son to the masjid. And naturally, he cannot tell his wife ever anything. Naturally, he's never going to be able to tell anyone. It's like, what kind of man, what kind of men have we become? What kind of men have we become? To say, I'm a Muslim, I'll be at the masjid an hour before Fajr, the Hajjud time, even outside of Ramadan. But I can't tell my son, you're going to stay in this house. If you want to stay in this house, you got to come for Salah. Otherwise, you go find another house to stay in. How did he even reach that level? It's because we made mistakes while raising him. We are supposed to say, no, there's, there is something thicker than blood. That's called what? Iman. There's something called thicker than blood. That's called Iman. You're my son, my daughter, I don't care. Deen comes first. This is the rule of the house. We go for Salah. We pray in a certain manner. We stay away from haram. And if that trash comes into this house, you got to go find another home. You don't, say, you don't have to. You, that time will never come for us to say that. When we start off from a very young age, it's so hurtful and sad to see the condition. Ummah, you encourage someone, where's your son? Man, you're going to have to call him yourself. Your son, who's the dad? Who's the son? Who pays the bills? Who is paying for his car that he's driving? Who's paying for the phone bill? Who's paying for the insurance? You do everything. And then you're telling me, I need to speak to your son to figure out his schedule? What is that supposed to mean? And this is the norm. That's not, you know, every man just look at himself. May Allah protect me from becoming a father like that. May Allah protect you from becoming a father like that. We have no control. And no control because we, don't, we didn't care about it. As long as you're successful in dunya, I don't care about your deen. Frankly speaking, that's what it is. Because a two-year-old doesn't become a monster just like that. He became, he became a Frankenstein at the age of 20 because he wasn't raised properly from the young age. And so everyone is history is repeating ourselves. We'll see people keep on constantly making this mistake with their sons and daughters. They say, you're going to have to talk to him yourself. I, I don't know about his schedule. What are you doing over the summer? I don't know about his schedule. Who makes his schedule? You, you have, you, now, mashallah, your son's got a, his own, uh, what you call a PA, you know, personal assistant or what? This is the issue. Because we have decided that the heart is truly not... We're going through actions. This is all actions. Up and down, kiss the ground, salah, qiyamul layl, this, that. 
its actions. Where is the real deen? This, isn't, this is the real deen. Allah says, those are the party of Allah. They're the successful people who Allah is pleased with them. And, they're pleased. and Allah doesn't mention in this specific verse anything but the condition of the heart with, re, with, relate, with respect to love and hate. That you must love those who love Allah at all costs, even as others don't like them. I don't care. So someone who is being disrespected by others, but he's a Muslim, he's speaking the truth. You can't just go with the flow because what our society People from our society, people from our village, people from our my town, my background, my friends, they're looking down about this person. What what did he say? By he just said follow the sunnah. Everyone's making fun of him. So you gotta stand up for that. He said, you're my from my, what they call bradari. You're from my village, you're my, from my town, from my qabila, I don't care. This man, he spoke the truth. He's fo- he says, follow the sunnah. I'm not going to side with you against him. I have to stand up with wherever the sunnah is. And on the other hand, if our own child, or son, daughter, spouse is going against the deen, then we can't continue to feel like it's okay. You know, Allah, Allah khair salah, Allah is forgiving. How come we're, 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 you don't have a right to play God, they say, right? I can't judge. Guess what? You can't also forgive people. <laughs> you can't forgive people on behalf of Allah. You can't condemn people on behalf of Allah because you can't play God. And you can't forgive people on behalf of Allah too. Because that's not your right. So no, Fajr, no, you don't come. It's okay. Allah will forgive you. Who are you to say that? You can't say Allah will send you to hell either. The idea is, by I'm in need of Allah's mercy and so are you. Let's work together and come. But this aspect of love for, and, for, and hate for the sake of Allah is just absolutely not present today. And he's saying it at that time. This is so deep. That's why I'm repeating it again and again. It hit, it hit my heart. No matter how much you fast, and no matter how much you pray, he's saying it right here. He says it's not going to help. Because the condition of the heart is messed up. And we can see that manifestation of it today. That the number of fasting people is only increasing. And the number of people who are praying salah is only increasing. It is. They didn't have all these masjids, man, 20 years ago. Now each masjid, tomorrow, khatam night, there's no space in any of the masjids. And you wonder, wait, what used to happen before? MashaAllah, Muslims are increasing, but then it hasn't helped the cause of Islam in terms of overall deen, in terms of akhlaq, in terms of mu'amalat, in terms of the new generation. We have all sorts of issues. So let's work, use these Ramadan nights and days to work on our condition of our heart. This is why these durus are so important. Those brothers who come for Atikaf, I need to say this again and again. Brothers in the back, come forward, please. Come, Usman, Usman and crew, ajawai, samna So, um, you know, the idea is, this is why I say that sitting in, in, the, in the ijtima'i programs, collective programs, is necessary. If we want to, subhanAllah, just simply sit and read Qur'an, you have many masjids to do that. Many masjids do that. The beauty, beautiful thing about this masjid is not the carpet, the chandelier, or the food, or the volunteers. That's all great. The reason why we should be coming here is for the programs. Otherwise, you could sit anywhere else and read Qur'an. So you should... Schedule your day and night such that you sleep during sleep time, read Quran during the free time. Alhamdulillah, there's brothers who are reading eight, nine Jews. I mean, not eight, nine. They're reading 15, 20 Jews a day while attending the programs. You're not that fast, no problem. You can still read Quran four hours. Read four Quran, uh, read four hours a day. But attend the programs. Because who's going to speak about this? You're going to learn it on your own. If I didn't have this, this statement in front of me, I wouldn't talk about it. This is the barakah of the gatherings after Dhuhr. After, after Dhuhr, we have a dhikr program, an hour. It's so sad to see the, 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 you all not sitting. Everyone is doing their own. But you have time to read Quran before and after. Why exactly when you're sitting there doing dhikr, everyone remembers to go read? So schedule your day such. I've said it before. I'm saying it again. New people coming in. You're here for the weekend. Schedule your day around our schedule. This is set from beforehand. It's on the website. It's on WhatsApp. It's everywhere. Follow the tartib of it. And inshallah, that's when you will get benefit. If you, the full benefit that you want. 
That's why previously I used to tell people if they don't understand English and they're elders, I'd say it's better to go do Artikaf in another mash. They're going to get bored. They're going to say, wait, what's going on? You know, I wish we could do programs in Urdu as well. And we should. I wish we could. But uh, look, obviously the audience is much more larger audience is English speaking. So that's why we stick to that. Subhanallah. So going back to the point is that we all should be focusing not just on kathra, just more and more and more in these last final days and nights. It should be the condition of the heart. Is, that, is, it, is my heart what Allah wants it to be like? Is my heart what my Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wants to be like? So if you had narrated that a man of Ansar said, nas ala qadri taqwahum. Love people according to the fear of Allah. And know that recitation is not beneficial except with self-discipline. Recitation is no good. Quran, you're reciting Quran. But if you want the benefit of it, you need to have zuhud in the heart. If there's materialism in the heart, the Quranic recitation is not going to be really beneficial. And whenever you obey Allah, make sure it's done out of humility, not out of grand, you know, grandness and greatness and self-conceitedness that we're saying, you know what, I stayed awake all night. Right? That's not going to help. It has to be done with humility. Make it, make your heart, allow your heart to find sin difficult. Make sin difficult for yourself. And then, Envy the living in those things which the dead envy them in. This is something I covered actually, this statement, two days ago. I spent quite a bit of time on it. But uh, for those of you who were not here two days ago, this is, you can hear it again. We should be envious of one another. In what regards? In those things that the people in six foot under are envious of us. Are they envious over our car? Tell me. No. The guys are dead. Why would they be envious of our car? The envious of our home? Our zip code we're living in? Our bank balance, none of that, they don't care. That's none of that is of a benefit. What they're envious is, oh, I wish you, man, you're so lucky. You could say subhanAllah. You could say alhamdulillah. You could fast. I can't do any of that. That's what they're envious about. So we should be envious of one another in terms of good deeds, a'mal. Sa'id ibn Amr ibn Jad'a narrated that the Ghifar said, while they were discussing the world, Deprive yourselves of this with the remembrance of Allah. Meaning, they had a person amongst them when they would see that the conversation is deviating towards only materialism, they would bring them back to the maqsad. Stop talking about this stuff. In a normal group of people, if you have someone like that, is he going to be favorably looked upon? Huh? So take this guy out. Why is he ruining our conversations? But those are the people you and I need to hang out with. That anytime we deviate unnecessarily, they pull us back. That's how Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. One day he came in. He was wearing, mashallah, our Nabi, Allahu Akbar, is the most handsome of men, wearing a beautiful kurta, a kameez that someone had gifted him. Now the Sahaba looked, started looking at him, impressed at how nice he was looking. Naturally, there was no desire for dunya there. They were just happy, I'm sure, at how beautiful their Nabi was looking like. So, but they were impressed by what he was wearing. The Prophet ﷺ noticed that and he didn't like that. I don't want you to get impressed by my clothes. Immediately, he turned their attention. He said, Something along those lines. He said, The handkerchief of Sa'ad who became Shaheed, he's in Jannah. He already made it to Jannah. His handkerchief is better than this and this. I need the whole world and whatever it contains. 
He diverted their attention immediately from current material things towards what you all should be wait, waiting and working towards. Akhirah. That's the job of a Nabi, that is the job of Sahaba, that is the job of Awliya, that is the job of Muttaqi people, and those are the type of people you and I should desire to have the company of. We had one classmate, uh, we had one madrasa mate rather. Every single time, that's what it was. You know, always be speaking about Allah Azza wa Jalla. Whatever the conversation, you, could, you wouldn't last more than 45 seconds. He would bring it back to the deen. And we're in madrasa. All day you're studying, Qala Allah, Qala Rasul. But lunchtime, break time, he would go around, have lunch every single day with a different student. And you know, there in madrasa tonight, I'm going to be talking about madrasa life, inshallah, my own life as well, so in the, for the candlelight conversations. So we, we used to have a kuncha there, one big bartan, one big, big uh, uh, plate, and four students eat together from it. That's how it used to be in madrasa. So he, he tried to go eat with different students every single day. And use this time to encourage them to work on their spirituality. And he would give that. He says, the more the one who speaks about Allah, only his own faith will increase. Whether the person in front of you is listening or not. Your own faith will increase. I was very powerful. So you, set, you meet with such people. We have in Chicago, we're blessed to have, may Allah give long life and barakah in the life of our uh, uh, Palestinian brother, Sheikh Dawood, who's, uh, you know, as, who's, who we're blessed with in this community for years. He's, he's uh, you know, what does he do? Have, I cannot find probably any of you who know him. You know this very well. It won't last one or two minutes, not even one or two minutes too much, without Allah coming back. You can't speak to him anything besides Allah. Every single, and he said, I've seen him since childhood, diapers, right? And since that time, you know, and mashallah, my father knows him from before, and our elders here, mashallah, know him from before that. May Allah give barakah in his life and health. And may Allah, you know, I heard he wasn't doing too well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him saha afiyah and be pleased with him and make these years of his senior years of his life the very best of years of his life. But this is one thing this man is all he does is speak about Allah for the, since we've been around and before that. So, yeah, initially, the person's like, yeah, what else do you have to do? No, these are chosen people. So, we, you need to go spend some time with such people who will tell you that this is what you call a person who's majnoon in love with Allah. Ashik of Allah. All he sees everywhere is only Allah Azza wa Jalla. That's what he does. And we are, we are like children in front of them. That we get excited by this and that, this and that. Imagine you're going to meet the president or the king. You go with your kids. Little three, four year old. The king is sitting in front and, you, and you've been allowed an opportunity to go visit the king. No one gets this opportunity in decades. And you're allowed to go. Your child, if he's there, what's going to happen? You know, you know, little kids, two toddlers, they're not going to be looking at the king. They don't even understand what a king is. They're going to see at the entrance, there's a secretary who had a, a, you know, maybe a, some sweets. Baba, Baba, can I have that? They're going to be trying to go for the sweets. And then you go a little past that and they'll see some other little food. They'll go, go grab a food item. You're like, what are you doing? Astaghfirullah. We're here to meet the king, man. How can you be putting your hands on, on some sweets over there and some lollipop over here and this and that? This is the king in front of the king. What is all this? That's our example. We're, we, people like him run after Allah Azza wa Jalla, while we run after the dunya. Right? The one who found Allah has found everything. And the one who doesn't have Allah, he has nothing. Right? So meeting such people uh, uh, is very beneficial for the, the soul. Mas'udi narrates that Aun ibn Abdullah said, Allah fil ghafilin Someone who remembers Allah amongst the heedless is like someone who fights after those who flee the battlefield. Someone who remembers Allah amongst the heedless is like someone who fights after those who flee. My beloved brothers and sisters, we're listening. The goal for us after Ramadan, how are we going to keep our iman up? How, at a degree? Yeah, not at this level, but somewhere that it doesn't dip down too low. 
And the answer to that is truthful companions, as the chapter is heading. We have to be surrounded with people who will always be remembering Allah. Once it was asked, what three qualities, what, no, rather, what, sh what should we look in a friend? Who is a friend? Nabi salam, if I remember the hadith correctly, it's in Ma'arif al-Quran, as well as mentioned there, this hadith. Man dhakkarakum billahi ru'yatuhu. If you look at him, you remember Allah. وَزَادَ فِي عِلْمِكُمْ مَنْطِقُهُ When he speaks, your knowledge increases. وَذَكَّرَكُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ عَمَلُهُ When you look at his actions, you are reminded of the hereafter. Three things. When you look at him, you remember Allah. Those are the people. Literally, we get men of God. Right? So you have to look them. You're not gonna, more than likely, you're not gonna find them on Snapchat and Instagram. You're not. Because that's not, that's not the cheesy, you know, cheap stuff that these people do. Awliya Allah, they don't have time for that. They wouldn't even touch it. They wouldn't never, you know, with our phone. They'd say, brother, you want to come meet me? Meet me without a phone. Because they want nothing to do with it. There are people like that. You look at them, you say, this is a man of God. When you see their salah, you say, mashallah. This person, he is truly praying to the, yani Allah. Look at how his khushu and khudu is in the salah. I was seeing certain ulama, mashallah, after Salat al-Maghrib, they start their awabin. You know, one date, kajur, small little if suhoor, uh, iftar, and then after Maghrib salah, they start their awabin, and not in Ramadan only, outside of Ramadan as well. Like a plank. Until, outside of Ramadan, I've seen all the way till the adhan of Isha. Adhan of Isha, Maghrib to Isha, the entire time, in their awabin salah. 20 minute qiyam, Five minute ruku and sajda to another twenty minute qiyam, right? This is the norm, normal day, and you and you and I look at them and I said, this is probably exactly how the Sahaba's salah used to be like. There are people like that, mashallah. May Allah make us from amongst them. May Allah give us the tawfiq to stay in their company. May Allah allow us the tawfiq to love them, because that's the first start. The first start is we love such people. We have a desire to sit with them. We have a desire to visit them. We have a desire to shake hands with them. We have a desire to become like them. As Imam Hanifa said, I love the pious, although I'm not from amongst them. I love the pious, although I'm not from amongst them. I'm hopeful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant me piety one day, just because of my love for the pious. Abu Musa radiallahu anhu said, Jaleesu sidqi khayru min al-wahda. He says, having a truthful companion is better than being alone. When a person says, I'd rather be a loner, I'd just stay at home and do my ibadah. Okay, but better than that is because why the world is bad. I understand the world is bad, but there's still a lot of good people there. A lot of good people there. Find good company instead of staying on your own. Because what happens today, shaitan does not allow us to stay on our own. If you're staying on your own without your phone, maybe. But if you're staying alone with your phone, then that's not staying alone. That's the worst possible companion you could have. Worst possible companion. So he said, having a truthful companion is the best thing. خير من الوحدة is better than being alone. والوحدة خير من جليس السوء. But being alone is better than having an evil companion. You're in college campus, the horrible environment. Not a single muttaqi person. Everyone is clubbing. Everyone is drinking. Everyone is committing this and that. What are you going to do at that time? You just stick to yourself. Do your college work in and out. That's it. Because it's not a safe environment for you to be mingling with people. ومثل جليس الصدق مثل صاحب العطر. A truthful companion is like someone who has perfume. 
إِلَّمْ يُحْذِكَ يُعْقِبْكَ مِنْ رِحِهِ Even if he doesn't over, even if the scent does not overpower you, some of its scent will follow you. One is you put on oud in multiple places of your body. It overpowers you. Everywhere you go, like, wow. And one is the person, he's a itar seller. Even if you don't put or apply it, you've got like the bukhur happening. You pass by, the smoke gets to you, the bukhur smell. And now, mashallah, it's still... Is, 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 is giving you a good, good scent. وَمَثَلُ جَلِيسَ سُوءِ مِثْلُ الْقَيْنِ إِلَّمْ يَحْرِقْ يُعْقِبْكَ مِنْ رِيحِ An example of an evil companion is like a blacksmith. If he doesn't burn you, some of its smell will follow you. وَإِنَّمَا سُمِيلْ Okay, this morning someone came to ask me a question. You know, if you're going to ask me after I stay away for eight, you know, 24 hours, then I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be in my best fresh mood there to answer the question. But nonetheless... He said he, he had suhoor with someone who had all these deviances. Right? And he said, how am I supposed to answer that? And I said, my dear bro- beloved brother, I sat with 250 brothers here last night. We had an amazing night last night. Alhamdulillah, Allah accept. Why were you wasting your time having suhoor with someone speaking trash like that? <laughs> why? I said, why did you do that to yourself? Well, then, you know, because I want him to learn a lesson that you should never sit in the company of people who reject hadith. Don't sit in the company of people who say, the word haram has not been used for liquor, hence it is permissible. And then one hour left for Fajr, and you're speaking about it in the night of Ramadan. Like what's the point of this conversation? Even if a person is a scholar, he should not be wasting time in these precious moments with these type of things. But then he's like, wait, wait, you know, what if you, what if you are caught up in it? Like, I said, so then his friend was next to him. He said, I was there too, but I just said, I got to go to the bathroom and I left. Probably did go to the bathroom, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to give my ears to this trash. For what? So my point is, even if you don't, you say, oh, I'm not going to become a rejecter of the hadith listening to someone speaking about it, but why are you polluting your ears to that? Why? Your ears lead to your heart. Your eyes lead to your heart. Your mind leads to your heart. Whatever you give these three, that's what's going to come into your heart. And your tongue, of course, as well. Right? So, so all your eyes, your tongue, your ears, and your mind. They're all channels to the heart. You want to make sure that pure stuff is coming through. This is a perfect example of us doing, coming to the masjid, praying, but then having bad company outside of the masjid. And so many of our community members are involved in this. That they're front row people. But the people that they spend their Saturday nights with, their wives spend their Saturday nights with, the people who they go and have chai at their house and dinner, and whose weddings they go back and forth at, unfortunately are very harmful for them. And so although they are not exactly involved in the exact same sin they are, the fact that in and out every week, multiple hours they're listening to their deviances, and just stay quiet, it weakens your own iman, weakens your case in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're a true faithful person. Because the Quran says, don't sit with those people who make fun of the deen. And if you choose to continue to sit with them, Allah says, leave those people. Leave those people who have made their deen into a mockery and who have made it into a, a, a game who've made it into entertainment. There are many people who've come from Muslim countries. The only thing with them in Islam is that they were born in a Muslim country. 
That's it. They have nothing to do with the deen. They will make fun of the sunnah. They'll make fun of salah. They'll make fun of ulama. They'll make fun of the beard. They'll make fun of the hijab. They'll make fun of, you name it. Yes, they like to eat the same cultural foods you and I like to eat. But for us to ever erroneously think that these are people who are suitable for me to sit with and eat and have a dinner and, and as they say, call break bread with, that is absolutely unacceptable. This is why spiritually we're not growing. Because we choose to spend time with such people instead of saying, I'm done. I can't take it. Today, if you tell someone, Bhai, your son was walking around over there, please be careful. He is doing something un- you know, harmful or he's wasting his time during taraweeh. Hey, don't speak to me about my son like that. That's what you're going to get. And here you have a guy who's sitting there bashing Allah, bashing Rasulullah, bashing the ulama and the deen. And, and you're just sitting there sipping your chai. Say, At least I don't say that, I'm just listening. Every man is entitled to his opinion. How? Where is your anger, ghayra? To say, this is, if he's not your, he's my Allah, brother. He's my Nabi. And I cannot, for the, for, for, for the fact that it's not allowed, otherwise I've twisted your neck. Right? But it's not khalas. So then, you know what? The least thing he's going to do is I'm going to walk out. If you don't walk out, what does the Quran say? Innakum idham mithluhum. You are then indeed just like them. Quran kya At least he's a kafir, you're a munafiq. That's what the Quran says. He's an open, outright rejecter of the deen. And you, you're a hypocrite. You come to the masjid, you pray, you fast, everything. But the fact that you sit with him and don't say anything means you're a hypocrite. Who's saying this? The Quran. Innakum idham mithluhum. Indeed, if you continue to sit with people who make fun of the deen, then you're just like them. And then Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَامِعُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْكَافِرِينَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ جَمِيعًا Allah is going to gather the hypocrites and the disbelievers together. Why did Allah bring this verse here? Meaning one's a kafir, one's a munafiq. The one who openly makes fun of the deen is a kafir. His name could be Ahmad, Muhammad, doesn't make a difference. If you make fun of the deen, can't be a Muslim. And number two, the other one who sits there, yeah, okay. I guess everyone's got that. Maybe there's two sides to the coin. I understand. This type of stuff, I hear from people sometimes who are close to me too. I'm like, oh my God. Like, you know, you sit, like, how can you not understand? This is not acceptable. You can't sit with such people. You can't have nothing to do with them. You should never go to their house. No, they've invited us. So we can't come to the, uh, because we've been invited to iftar. What iftar? What iftar? Look at whose house you're eating at. If these are the opinions of such people, I don't care who they are. If you have iman in your heart, you can't go to such parties. You want nothing to do with such company. Because you know why? We like to lead. One foot here, one foot here. Keep Allah happy, keep the people happy. This doesn't work. Eat the cake, have the cake. Deen and dunya. Everyone. Everyone must be happy. No, everyone cannot be happy. Allah says, the Yehud and Nasara will never be pleased with you until you actually fully give up your deen and follow their path. That's just how it is. Okay, I, I, hats off. They're saying, you wanna, you, we want you to be just like us. Okay, how about we say that? I say, if you want us to be happy with you, you have to be just like us. Who? Muslims. That if, you want, if, we wanna be, if you want us to be very close, my beloved Muslim neighbor, I want you to follow the sunnah. We'll be best friends. The sunnah is what joins us. How come we are, have no spine we said, no, we go to anyone's home. We'll go to any dawat. We'll eat anywhere. You just have to invite us and we'll be there the first show up because we've got nothing better to do besides coming. And ya sunnat ajadi. But you know, it's sunnah to accept the dawat invitation of your fellow Muslim brother. 
What are you talking about? Do you know how much haram is happening there? No one's praying their Maghrib and Isha there. People look at how people are so inappropriately dressed. How much zina of the eye is happening? How much expenses, expenditure is taking place? Israf, ex, you know, useless things. Then they end the party so late that people even miss their fajr. And the conversations of the table have, are so, not just about cars or investments. No, no. It's outright toxic. People are dissing ulama, dissing uh, masjids, madrasas, deen, sunnah, sahaba, you name it. Like what's not on the menu, man? Everything. So how can we all of a sudden remember one sunnah? It's ajib. This is all tu'minuna bi ba'd al-kitabi wa takfuruna bi ba'd. Allah says you, you choose to, to have faith on certain parts of the book and leave and deny certain parts of the book. This is the deen we ch- cherry pick. Because going to a dawat is very nice. You get to wear good clothes, you get to eat nice food and dress nicely, you go with this, that. So we put the stamp of deen on it. And anything that doesn't go with our nafs, we say, brother, you know, it's a bit hard. So this is something I'm letting you know. This is what the deen is asking. The most beloved action in the sight of Allah is to love someone for the sake of Allah and you dislike them for the sake of Allah. Yes, you are my cousin. Yes, you come from the same village. Yes, you have the same profession. Yes, you live three houses down. But guess what? The statements you have said, if he said that about your wife, would you go? Your wife would kill you if you went there. If they, said that, if they said that about your mother-in-law, you would never be able to step foot on that house. How is it that they trample over my Nabi every single day, every single night, and we are all dressed up, decked out, and going to their house? That's where both fillah comes in. I've got no problem with you, except for what you have said about my Prophet, except of what you have said about my, my Nabi, about my deen, about my Islam. That's it. Possessive. It's mine. I love it. I'll give my life for it. And if, you, if you've got to say stuff like that, I'm sorry, I can't show up. I don't care what it is. That is the basic level of iman. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, His iman is complete, is the one who has this quality. Love for the sake of Allah, dislike for the sake of Allah. And gives for the sake of Allah, and withholds for the sake of Allah. Continue with this hadith. So why, why did I go on this whole explanation? Because he said, if, a, if you spend time with a blacksmith, even if he doesn't burn you, some of the smell will follow you. You sit with a, a smoker, you'll get the secondhand smoke. So when we come from such parties to the masjid, we're coming for tarawih, and you know, mashallah, we're zooming in to get into tarawih on time, zooming in to get for fajr. But we have just spent between asr and tarawih time at a house like this. So we come to the masjid filled with black smoke, blacksmith smoke. Heart has been affected. So then the tarawih Quran, you might like the voice. You know, people say mazara. What are you enjoying? You're enjoying the melodious voice. Okay, that's very basic, brother. The Quran needs to not be enjoyed because for its melody. The Quran needs to be enjoyed for its power, strength, spirituality, nur, and the fact that it's a word of Allah. And that if it comes into my heart, all the darkness of my heart will come out. That's what the Quran is supposed to be about. Dil pe lagri. Kya lagri? The tune? Bollywood tune baby parte hain uh, the tune, if it gets to you, no, that's not. Oh, Quran was melody. That's a voice. And today, Quran has become a fitna. The recitation of it. People are now using musical tones. Right? Recitations in, in, in musical tones. And people are like, it's, it's hitting me. No, that's just because you're remembering an old Bollywood song. Right? That's what's happening. Or some other type of song. So, Quran is not to be. That's why Nabi Wasallam talked about a time will come. When the Quran will be recited and it will be perfected the way an arrow is perfected. 
However, the Prophet said the Quran will not even go down the throats. Meaning, the one who's reciting himself also, it has no effect on him. He's just doing it as a, as a show, an art, work of art. You have musicians, you have qaris. All the cameras and the videos and the this, that, monetizing all of this. It's a disgusting world. We've, we've, you know, everything's for sale, including the Quran. Everything's for sale. Everything is there to make money. Okay, I'm not, you can't change the world, but at least don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. You're Hafiz Saab, 20 years ago who taught you Quran, bichara, you know, from somewhere, some small little masjid somewhere. He was a sincere person. He taught you who, gave, who, who gives him value. And who would have even give him, they'd give him leftover food. They would never even cook a fresh meal to give him back in India and Pakistan. But because of him, today you're, you're listening and reading Quran. Those were sincere people. There was, no, there was no, nothing money to be made in. My Ustad one day, Mufti Radha Raqsa Abdamad Barakatum, he said, he said something powerful on my recent trip there. He said, Pele zamane me, he said, in the old days, madrasas, madrasa ke maana tha mujahada. Running a madrasa, teaching in a madrasa meant sacrifice. He said, that's why no, there was no fights over controlling a madrasa. Because, who would take this responsibility, this headache of a madrasa? Because madrasa means faqar, jua, hunger, you know, poverty. That's what madrasa meant. You're a teacher or you're a student, you're not going to have meals more than one a day. There's picture, till today it's like that in many villages, till today. But generally speaking, of course in America it's not like that. So what happens? He said, when madrasa became rich or madrasa got beautiful walls and good food, then all the fights started happening. Because everyone wanted the golden goose. Because that's where power comes in, that's where money comes in, that's where name and fame comes in. A G point. He said, before, there was no fights. If a madrasa was closed, he said, let it close, man. It's just too much headache. I, I, I'm not going to take care of that. It's, it means I have to give up my wife and my kids, and my family, my money, everything. He said, now, throughout the globe, institutions, madrasas, in, in, uh, seminaries, you name it, all of those things, they don't have that zuhud that they used to before. So now people eyeing it as a, as, as a money-making tool, as, a, as access to you know, uh, uh, all sorts of different things. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect this madrasa from that. Say, I mean, may Allah protect us from subhanAllah falling to materialism and becoming a source of envy of people and jealousy of people and astaghfirullah and all this other type of stuff. But the idea is we must ensure that we're always surrounded by people who will push us towards khair. This is the message to myself and all. Ramadan, as it comes to an end, look at who you go, whose parties you attend, look at whose houses you go to. Beloved brothers and sisters, if you don't make smart decisions, not only will we go down and lose everything, but what's going to happen to our children? Because they don't know any better. They don't understand any better. We have to put our foot down and say that these are the type of gatherings we're going to go to. Yes, they may earn a little bit less than you. Yes, their house might be smaller than yours. Great! Go to those houses. Go to those homes. Allah has blessed you with a five-bedroom home. Go to a one-bedroom apartment. Wallahi, that your children need to see that. You need to see that. Okay, a home is where there's mahabba and love. A home does not mean, subhanAllah, where there is just, you know, immense luxury. A home is where there's sunnah, there's deen. That's what we want. Our children need to see that. Our children need to see that. We need to see that. And so, this is something that we want to walk away with this Ramadan. Make this decision that we're going to stay in the company of mu'mineen. Say inshaAllah. Right? We're going to find, we're going to ask Allah. Ya Allah, grant me righteous, pious company. Allow my wife to have righteous company. Allow myself to have, allow my kids. They're good people still around. We're not, alhamdulillah, we're not you know, right next to the day of judgment yet. There's still a lot of good people out there 
who are not materialistic, who are sincere, who follow the sunnah, who care about the sunnah. Try to find people who will push you forward, not pull you down. Very important for our women. Because there's women there, and men, who say, I'm not following the deen, I can't accept you. I know sisters who tell me this. They start wearing the scarf in Ramadan, their own friends pulled it off. Literally yanked it off on the day of Eid. How dare you can come for Eid namaz wearing a scarf? What's wrong with you? What happened to you? And they came crying to me. They said, what should we do? Right? So, so, so you have to make a decision. But she's my friend for 30 years. I'm sorry, you, you understand? She's not your friend. This is, this is the problem. You're still thinking that you're friend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how did you reprimand Nuh alayhi salam? We spoke about it that one night in tafsir. Allah, when he said, Ya Allah, please forgive my son. He's not your family. Stop asking me. Stop asking me to forgive him. And Allah reprimanded Nuh alayhi salam. Severely. Because why? He is not a believer. If he's not a believer, he's not your family. He could be your blood, but he's not a believer. Game over. Right? This, this is, this, this, these verses of Lut alayhi salam's story, Nuh alayhi salam's story, we ought to study. We need to understand what is our relationship supposed to be based upon. It's supposed to be based upon deen. And so we, may Allah make us responsible, God-fearing fathers and mothers who can truly bring deen into our own very home. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to always give priority to deen over all relationships. With wisdom and with hikmah, with beauty, allow us to present Islam. Right? We don't want to unnecessarily break things. But we can't just say it's 30 years, I'm still working on it. <laughs> what is this? What are you talking about? 30 years still working on it. You have to put your foot down. You have to say no. Because why? If you, your qabr is different. But if you try to affect my qabr, I'm sorry, I'm out. Your qabr is different, my qabr is different. But if you're coming onto my side of the bed and ruining my qabr, then I can't have that. You're going to come into my personal space, my bedroom, oh son or daughter, and ruin my qabr. You're going to ask me to spend money in haram, and not going to work. It doesn't work like that. This is where all of us have to learn how to put our foot down. So that's going to require some immense love for Allah. We need to increase on that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this blessed night that's starting, fill our hearts with such love. Let's, this is a beautiful dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka hu'mm. Allahumma inni as'aluka min khashiyatika ma ta'hulu bihi baynana wa ma'asik. Oh Allah, I ask you for such fear of yours that will come become a barrier between me and your disobedience. And oh Allah, I ask you for such level of obedience that will get me to your paradise. Right? Allahumma inni asaluka hubbak. Oh Allah, I ask you for your love. And the love of those who love you. And the love of such actions and such people that will make me worthy of your love. Right? Allahumma ja'al hubbak ahabba ilayya min nafsi. Oh Allah, make your love more beloved to me than myself. Wamin mali, my wealth. Dami, my blood. Wamin al ma'il barid, and then cold water. Subhanallah. So let's, uh, let us, inshallah, uh, do a, a minute or two of dhikr. Then we'll do a short dua. Um, and the brothers can, when we finish the dhikr, the brothers can go downstairs for iftar. And we'll uh, do a dhikr from here. I'll do the dua from here, inshallah. And you can join, join in the dua from downstairs. And as soon as the adhan gets called, your 25th night begins. So eat quickly, come back, utilize the time even between iftar and maghrib salah for dua. And dinner also, eat quickly, inshallah, and, and, and come and, and, and utilize this time in dhikr and dua and focusing and, and thinking about all these things that we've subhanAllah spoken about. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله 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 الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه Let us please proceed downstairs inshallah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم تسلم لك السلام وبارك فيك يا ذا الجلال والكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اصلح لنا شاننا كله ولا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاه تنجينا بها من جميع الاحوال والافات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بها اقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياه بعد الممات انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسالك التقوى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم انا نسالك التقوى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم انك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم انك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم انك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم انا نسالك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه Oh Allah, we ask you to accept our fast, accept our dhikr, accept our dua, accept our individual and collective a'mal that we're doing, accept our charity, our zakah. Oh Allah, accept every single action of good that we've ever done in the past. Oh Allah, indeed these actions were only able to, we were only able to do them with your grace and your tawfiq. Oh Allah, if you do not continue to shower us with tawfiq, we will not be able to do any good deed. We ask you, we beg you that you, you enshroud us with your, with your rahmah, with your blessing and with, with immense, immense, immense tawfiq. Oh Allah, allow us to look and listen and hear, hear and share and speak and think exactly in the manner that you want us to do so. Oh Allah, please do not allow a, even a percent of deviation to come into any action of our of ours in any in any of our uh, or, ya allah actions or, or or activities allah save us from any form of deviation from the blessed sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam the love of the quran the love of the deen o allah allow us to understand the truth allow us to see the truth as the truth allow us to understand it allow us to practice it allow us to invite towards it allow us to stand by it allow us to ya allah ya allah defend it o allah allow us to die for it ya allah o allah allow us to see falsehood as falsehood allow us to recognize 
recognize it, allow us to see it from far away, allow us to dislike it, allow us to disassociate ourselves from falsehood. Oh Allah, allow us to speak against it, allow us to stay away from it, allow us to be protected from it, allow us to, Ya Allah, to be able to push back against it, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant us all such beautiful, righteous company that will remind us of you and your Nabi Sallallahu every single day. Oh Allah, bless us all, bless our spouses, bless our children, all with righteous, pious company. Oh Allah, make those who are married, make their spouses the very best of company. Oh Allah, those who are not married, allow them to find such spouses who will be their best company. Oh Allah, allow our sons and daughters who are, and the rest of unmarried brothers and sisters to find such amazing young men and women who will be the very best uh, ya Allah, sources of, of benefit and best companions, Ya Allah, for the world, for the benefit in deen and dunya and akhirah. O Allah, grant us all a accepted ibadah of Laylatul Qadr. O Allah, inspire us with the du'as that we should be making. O Allah, accept the khidmah of our volunteers and accept the i'tikaf of our nafil and sunnah brothers. Accept all those who are supporting the institution in any way, shape, or form in these blessed nights and days. O Allah, grant tawfiq to all those who are at home and also listening and wanting to benefit. O Allah, allow them to make the most use of these, these days and nights. O Allah, whatever good Rasulullah had asked you of grant us that good whatever evil that Rasulullah had sought refuge in you from grant us refuge from that O oh Allah allow us to spend and value every single moment that we have and allow us to spend it only not in Ramadan but outside of Ramadan as well in a manner that is that is ya Allah pleasing to you Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen ameen